0: Right. I want to run through a few things, brothers and sisters, to help encouraging, fulfilling, and God-honoring uh, relationships of marriage. I've already spoken to that one of the things that affects uh, our happy marriages is ignorance or illiteracy, and Christ actually said to the Sadducees, Your problem is that you don't know uh, uh, the Word of God and its power. How God has designed things and how they work. Because one of the things is communication. There are also sexual issues uh, that affect people. Now, the blueprint is the original design as God would want marriage to work. And we know that God has a plan, it's a complete plan. It does not require improvements or or additions. All what it requires is implementation, and it's a plan that will work all the time in all the cultures, in all the locations. Now, what the Bible says about husbands in Genesis 1.26, "Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion." He says the same to the wife in Genesis two verse sixteen. He gave the man the responsibility to work the garden and keep it. And in Genesis 2.20 says to the wife you're going to be he has made a helper suitable companion and I was reading somewhere where it was said that the word help in the Hebrew in the Old Testament is used mainly for two people one is the wife being a helper suitable or purpose fit for a specific situation, strategic Uh, but it's used twice only in Genesis but the other way the helper is used it's used virtually in all of the Bible for God God being your helper being Israel's helper or being Israel's aid so, those are the only two people who are uh, helpers. And you know now in the, whole, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is that help. So, the wife is a helper, suitable, fit for purpose. In 1 Peter 3, verse number 7, Paul says to husbands, treat her kindly like a tender or a a breakable uh, uh, equipment. That we must treat them with understanding. Treat your wife kindly, tenderly. Uh, The weaker vessel is used but the weaker simply means that it's tender. So treat it gently. And he encourages wives in Titus to love their husbands. Now there are Christians who partially read the Bible and say wives are told are not ever told to love. It's not true. They must love. They just love differently. Both husbands and wives must love. Uh, the manifestation of that love may just be different. Ephesians 5:25 and 33. Men are asked to love their wives. Like Christ loved the church, number one. And they must love their wives like they love themselves. Now, the word Christ means the anointed. Okay? Anointed, and you remember in the Old Testament. Who was anointed in the Old Testament? The priests. The kings. And the prophets. Okay. It's important that you know that. Those are the three people who were were anointed for those three offices. Now Christ combined all of them in one. So Christ simply means the anointed. So the Bible says men must love their wives just like the anointed. Now what is the duty of a a prophet? A prophet speaks for God. God before the people. The priest speaks for the people before God. Okay? The king speaks for man before man. He makes peace between men. Okay? So, the Bible says it's the responsibility of men in their homes to do those three. <clears throat> Bring God in their homes, take their homes to God or their family to God, and keep peace in their, in their homes. So men are asked to love their wives the same way Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? He sacrificed himself. And the big question, Naboli said to women, you complain about submission. There's a bigger, a bigger calling men are facing to love like Christ and even sacrifice and even die. I don't know if we will be able to achieve that. We're just trusting Him. But that's what it's called. And also men are asked to love Christ. I mean love their spouses as they love themselves, like they love their own bodies. A person who loves, he takes care. And this encourages men To sacrifice, this one says provide for your spouse. Exactly the same way you you do for your body. Whereas women are asked to submit, now this weight is polluted in in today's world, submission. Number one, because of the various philosophies that are running in this world. Number two, because of the misunderstanding that is there between men and women. To submit simply means follow, respect, honour this person. Now, unfortunately uh, it is being abused when men would want to use that to oppress women, when men, women will protest against that because of the sinful nature of rebellion rises within. And because the world says uh, it does not mean if you are a principal and your husband is just a teacher you are the boss at school but at home he leads that's the plan and there's no contradiction because you manage the millions at at work when you come home you want to suggest no you can't uh, Follow the leadership of your husband. He will still let you count the millions, but under his leadership. That's the plan. Proverbs 5, verse 18. By the way, Proverbs 5, 6, 7 talks to men about marital fidelity or love. He says, enjoy your wife. Be satisfied with her alone. Not with any other woman, otherwise you will pay a heavy price. Proverbs 31 talks to the woman, do him good. First Corinthians 7, 3 for both, satisfy his needs. Satisfy her needs, satisfy his needs. So all of us must do our best. And you know that we are very eager to do this before we get married once we get married and I want to say to the hunter and the hunted who are here that people always think sex is the biggest thing in marriage there are times when people are running away from what they've been looking for <laughs> because at some point sex is a duty it's a pleasure one moment it's a duty another time you must just do it because your spouse wants it and you can't say no It would be good if we could always have sex when we want it. But there are times when we must do it because it's a duty. I'm sure you know that. Amen. So that's the, in summary, the plan, the the blueprint in terms of the rules. I think I told you this one preacher who took up a a new assignment as a a pastor, priest, preacher in one church. The first Sunday he went to the Sunday school class where the boys were taught. And after the class he asked boys tell me who broke down the walls of Jericho broke down the walls of Jericho and the first boy said no it's not me (laughs) and the second one said no 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 no, it's not me and every one of them said no it's not me and this man was surprised the following Sunday, it was a church council meeting and then he narrated this story to the church council but surprised him and I'm told there was an old bearded uh, gray bearded man who must have been on the council for 10 years and he said to the preacher it is typical of the boys they never admit when they are wrong <laughs> anyway we have a maintenance fund uh, let's just repair those walls and go <laughs> <laughs> so it was clear he didn't know what the walls of Jericho were he didn't know what the pastor assumed every church member should know And this is a problem we also have. That there are things that we assume our people know and should know that they don't. Right. I've already said to you, men and women are divided different. And this is the one thing I wish people could always remember. Because we often use that to look down upon each other. Instead of seeing us as different from each other. Because you are different, we think you are bad. Because you are different, we think you are not smart. Because you are different, we think you are ugly. We can't say you are different. You are of different color. You are of different stage or status or uh, physique. No, instead of admitting you are different, we want to make your difference uh, a bad 3 3. Almost 3 3 says, so Can two people walk together unless they are agreed? And that is true of God. You can't agree with God, you can't walk with God unless you agree with Him. That's why people must read the weight and submit to the weight and follow the weight. It will help you and God to walk together. But the same is true of husband and wife. You are going to have to find. Commonality and agreement for you to be able to work together. What does communication involve? It involves working together, it involves, according to Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love. That's what the Bible says. So that you will grow up in all things together into Christ. So, speaking, not keeping quiet, it's needed for the relationship to go on. We must communicate. We must speak. It's not healthy for us not to speak to each other. But not only speaking, we must also speak the truth, the content thereof, the truth, not anything else. It must be the truth. Not lies, not uh, uh, guesswork, but the truth. And it must be motivated by love. Some people say, no, now I tell, I tell you the truth. I don't care what you think. I don't care how they feel. I tell them the truth. No, it matters how you tell the truth. It matters. Love must be your motivation for telling So that's the few things that we can do to improve communication and you can see I'm summarizing. We need to be mutually open and honest with each other. We must be frank, we must open up and just uh, show each other what is the correct thing, what we're unhappy about, what we wish to have. We must also exercise self-control. And not be ruled by our emotions. We must exercise control uh, if our communication is effective. Our communication must be charitable. We must be able to bear with each other. We must be able to accept one another despite the differences. We also need to train ourselves to listen. Now, there are people who could, whilst you're halfway in the sentence, they already want to give you an answer. Now, there is a problem there. Uh, and we all get tempted. As soon as a person starts, we already have concluded what this person said. And when we do that, it means we will not even have time because, in a normal setting of communication, when somebody has spoken, it's fair to restate what this person said. Did I understand you well that you said I am a fool?
1: <laughs>
0: and you know what would happen if you were to restate after your spouse has said you are a fool. Very few of them would say, Yes, I said you are a fool. <laughs> he will try and explain something else uh, that you did not understand what he meant in what he said. And the question is, why did not he say exactly what he meant? But we need to, all of us train ourselves in listening. The same would apply to children. We need to train ourselves to listen to our children and train them to listen to other people. The attitude with which we come into the communication when do we say the right thing, the truth, is also important. And the respect for the opinion of the other person. Much as you have your no opinion, remember the other person has his or her opinion. And, and it's a pity because we would not have the time. I always, especially the ground rules, I always wish people could sit and agree what are the ground rules in your communication. We will not repeat certain things. You will not bring the wrongs register to a meeting. And if you do, how do we correct that? You just need to agree. If you speak, um, how do I verify? How do I respond? If I feel you're undermining me, what do I do? These are basic things that we need to talk about. Uh, to avoid that and I'm sure you know the story of a lion who was said to be rowdy by the way I was reading somewhere they say 14 lions have escaped out of the Kruger around Palabora (coughs) (laughs) and I just don't know what's happening in Palabora until we we capture all those lions but anyway they said the lion was very mean and rowdy and walking in the jungle. And he met the baboon and roared and said, who's the king of the jungle? And the baboon was trembling and said, oh mighty lion, you are the king of the jungle. And as the lion was feeling great about that, met an ox and roared and asked the same question. And the ox was trembling and said, oh mighty lion, you are the king of the jungle. And then much later, the lion met an elephant. By the way, they said last night, uh, in Palabora, also, uh, the mining, uh, an elephant trampled to death, a security guard at the, the guard house in the mine. But anyway, that day it was the, the elephant, when the lion asked, the elephant just picked up the lion, hit the lion against the tree trunk, a few times and leave the lion to go. And when the lion was a distance, same distance away, and showing was saying, he said, just because you don't know the answer, you don't have to get so answer. (laughs) Now, this does happen in the communication. Sometimes when somebody just gets so upset because he doesn't know the answer or she doesn't know the answer. Now, men and women are different in terms of their needs for communication, in terms of how they express themselves, in terms of their perceptions, and purely because God has created us that different. Some, and in many cases, we use the same words, but they mean different things. I'm sure you know that by now. Mm-hmm. We use the same weight, and when you clarify, you actually find this person is saying something completely different. We we also, because of our nature, we hear, we listen selectively. In one sentence, we pick out, we overemphasize some weights and de-emphasize others to a point of omitting them. If I were to say, repeat what I said, you will hear the omissions of certain ways. It is in our nature. And this would affect how we communicate. What is important for men and women in communication? And I'm picking up one thing and John Gray talks about this. Um, that in the male men care more about thoughts and facts and processes women care more about feelings and relationships and results now it's neither here nor there, we're just different none is better than the other but this helps that when you engage with your man remember you will ask for A lot of things. He may ask for very definite, tangible things. The numbers, if it's numbers involved. The names, if names are involved. I heard that you have been doing it. Who did you hear? No, some people told me. Who are some people? I want names, otherwise we don't continue in the discussion. And then it fails there. Okay? And I'm sure you already know that. You say, you know, it's a long time. We never go to see my parents. And then he goes and finds his diary. And he says, 2017, on the 30th of, of June, we went to see your parents. So you are lying. and But that's not necessarily what she meant. And wise women would emphasize the feelings, the relationships, how does this link to that? For instance, you say, oh, that lady in a blue dress, that is a very nice blue dress, do you like her? And that's, you didn't think about that. <laughs> you were just commenting about the blue dress. But because for them, it's what are the implications? Why do you comment about a blue dress? I'm interested in it. And many men have always gotten themselves into trouble <laughs> unintentionally. What are the results? So, because this is what is important to women, this is what is important to men. But life need, needs both. It does help us to think it's neither this or that. But if you know what the emphasis in each camp, it would help. you. Women would express themselves immediately. Men need time before they actually say their mind. They always think, of course sometimes women say, what did you say about that tool? you, says I'm still thinking. Are you going to think until you forget? Because the tendency is to reflect and women say if, you have, if, you, if I've asked you for money if you're not going to give why just don't you tell me you're not going to give? Why do you still need to think? If you don't have money why don't you just say I don't have money? Uh, but it's, it's how different we are. The choice of way. The use of words, the meaning of words differ with gender. Women like using the figurative language. Men use straightforward. And men don't read between the lines, ladies, if you know. Men can't read between the lines, they read on the line. Okay? I'm going to give you an example.
1: <laughs>
0: you want this man in bed. You prepare water, you wash, you ready, you also make a bath for him, and you call him, he comes, gets into the bath, and he gets out, he feels very fresh, and he thinks he's going to spend the night in front of the computer. In the meantime, you're waiting. You had assumed, if if he bath, he will come into the bay, and he thinks... You have really refreshed him, <laughs> he can work right through the night. <laughs> and you remain there frustrated because you assumed. OK? And that's the problem. Men don't read as much the figurative language. They always read that literally, and they end up missing women. And women assumed, they say, Normal person should have known what this would lead to, but it is normal according to who? <laughs> so it it helps us to understand that you want this man in bed, just tell him. Otherwise, you're shortchanging yourself. I don't know if you heard what I said. Just tell him straight, tonight is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the of the Otherwise, you'll sit there and do everything else and you'll be complimented and you think the compliment will lead there and it just ends there. And never get to the bed. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Men prefer... You to tell them straight and you will see it links to this. Uh, incidentally, women say, hey, men are very boring in their language. Women are very romantic indeed because they can use a very figurative language. The other day we did the a, a, a doctors during lunch. I just overheard. Hey, they say, hey, men can be very boring. You send him two pages of an SMS Telling him how much you love him. And then his response, me too. (laughs) They say, what is that? (laughs) Me too. Can men do better, please? (laughs) Me too, they say, it's not good enough. But you see, it's also the assumptions we make that at the time when you are excited, the other person is equally excited. When women communicate in their nature, in their language generally, they prefer to question and interject. Sometimes they question not because they don't understand, it's part of encouraging the discussion. And men feel frustrated, why do you ask me such a question? I didn't even finish, you are already interjecting. In the world of women, when you are interested, you participate in the discussion and you ask questions, you also add as you are being told the story. For men, when you do that, you are interfering. So he stops. He says, Oh, it seems you know the story. So why do I tell you? No, I didn't know it, so why do you add? For women, it just shows that I'm interested, I'm encouraging you to speak uh, because I'm interested. Otherwise, I would keep quiet. For men, you're too inquisitive. You are interrupting. They prefer uninterrupted listening. Okay? I'm sure you know some of these things. Women use generalization. you always you never. Now men take this language very serious. Always, they want to count. Everybody, everyone in this block have a car. And then he says, house number one they have a car, house number two they have a car, number three they have a car, house number four they don't have. You know that, yes. So you're lying. You say everybody. But, For women, everybody does not mean literally everybody. It's the majority. They use an all-embracing overall uh, but men want you to be very specific. If you say all people, who are all people? If you say never, they want to discredit you. Most people, always, no. But that's It's because women use an all-embracing generalization, what is important in the end is the results. In terms of assessing performance, there's also a difference between men and women. Men focus and recognize big projects, whereas women focus and recognize many projects. The size does not matter. For women, the size does not matter. It's the number that matters. For men, it's different. It's the size, not the number. If a man saves money to build you a house for 10 years, in his mind, once he's built a house or bought you a house, he hopes he can rest another another 10 years. (laughs) And then by year two, the wife is complaining, now you're not doing nothing for me. And in the mind, in the mind of a man, he says, "You are thankless. I've built your house, or I bought your house." But it doesn't work that way. For women, you must keep showing up again and again. It doesn't matter how you show up, whether with a, a chocolate box or with a car, is the same. A car and a chocolate box are the same. <laughs> I was helping a couple some day and this man and his wife were, you know, going through a very stressful time. And this man was saying, I bought this woman a Mercedes. She was going to buy a big glass and when she came there, the salesperson convinced her to buy a C-Class and I agreed to pay. I paid. And this woman said, he knows I can even... Drive a van, I can even use a text. (laughs) He says, She was saying, the car is not as important. I want him. I want him. So that's how different we are. So men will reward you and want to be rewarded for big projects. If you congratulate him and thank him. For some big things he has done, he really takes it seriously, he enjoys that. But uh, for every small thing, it's just a waste of words, according to him, you're just speaking. Uh, But for women, you must keep showing again and again, you must compliment for every little thing. You must even notice the fact that this skirt that she's wearing... She hasn't worn it for a month or for two months. And how many men know, have seen what the wife is wearing, that it's new, it was just bought yesterday. (laughs) But that's how different we are. And that's what I'm raising. This thing does not suggest any anyone is better than the other. But for what is for arms. If you just know the differences that you have. And every time there's tension, reflect on this. And you say, oh, oh, okay, all okay, right, okay. By the way, I understand. Men emphasize power in their engagements. That's why men fight for power everywhere, even in the church. Even pastors. Men are fighting for power. And they measure their importance by these things that shows power whether it's a a V8 engine car or a big membership in a church or look at the lady that I'm working with if uh, you can think she's smart then it means I'm I'm able to choose better it's just a power game and it even goes to sex that sex for men uh, it's just not uh, a toy to play with it also has uh, a power connotation into it whereas women what is important is the, the connection the intimacy can we connect that's why men can have sex without connecting and women believe they will be happy with intimacy without sex. Can we connect? That's what they want. So, you can see how different we are. And that's why men say, give me sex, then I will love you. Women say, no, love me first, then you can have sex. That's how different we are. And women can do by lunch without sex. Men will die. So, and and all what we need to do, when we understand, we must try and accommodate and sacrifice for one another.